Good morning, Finding Life Church. Good morning to everyone. How's everyone doing? Good, great, no comment, all of the above. Can you guys believe it's October already, October 1st today? <laughs> How many October fans? <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. We're glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're here. My name is Kevin, one of the pastors here, and if we haven't met, I would love to connect with you after the service, and we can just uh, get to know each other and that kind of thing. Hey, we're in the middle of our series called um, Gospel Identity, and uh, so much of what we are, what we do in life, right, is initiated by um, how we view ourselves. Just this past week, uh, two good friends had uh, little baby boys, and if you think about it, right, one day they're either a dad or a, or a husband and wife, and the next day they wake up or they're there, and all of a sudden now they are, they are a dad or their mom, right? And that just happens a lot in our life. You know, one day we're 12, the next day we're 13, and we're a teenager, and go, ah, what's happening, right? Or, or one day we're, you know, in high school, and then the next day we're a graduate, and we go, what do I do now? Or you go on to college, and you're a college student, and join all of that, and the next day you graduate, and you're now needing to find a job and, and be an adult, right, and be responsible. I don't know if that goes together, but uh, that's what we're to be, right? And, and one day, right, you, you are single, and you're enjoying your life, and you meet someone, and the next day, you know, after your wedding, you are either a husband or you are a wife. One day, you're an associate pastor at a church for a long time, and the next day, you wake up, and you're a lead pastor, and you go, ah! <laughs> That's just what happens, right? One day, we have our kids running around, and we're doing all this stuff with them, and just you blink, and the next day you know they're out of the house, and they're married, and they're having kids of their own, and you go, I'm an empty nester. What do I do now? And that just seems like that that's what happens all the time in our life. And what the world wants you to begin to understand is that that should be your identity, what you do, right? Husband, father, college student, teenager, um, single, married. We can go on and on and on. That, that's what the world wants you to think, right? Um, and it's confusing. In the instance of my, of my wife, am I a mom? Am I a wife? Am I a quilting expert, which she is? Am I a pastor's wife? Or am I what I really want to do? And that is to be a European professional vacationer blogging this, right? This is, you know, one day, right? And one day we may be doing fine and all of a sudden the health thing comes up and the next day, you know, we're dealing with that. And it just seems like that happens over and over and over again and life can be so confusing. And it just doesn't make sense sometimes. And we seem to go back and forth with this exactly who I am or 
in light of that, we'll pick one, right? We'll pick one and go, all right, this is who I am. And we say, all right, this is how I'm going to live my life. And this is the basis of my identity. And we quickly begin to realize that that it just doesn't cut it, right? It always falls short. We're always grasping at something, and we never seem to get it fulfilled. And the interesting thing, right, is that life doesn't seem to stop and press pause until you get it figured out, because it seems to, right, or it doesn't seem to, it does. It keeps moving forward, you know, moments and seconds and minutes and hours and then days and then weeks and months. It just keeps going forward, however much we would like to stop it, it just doesn't stop, right? And we, it's always like we're trying to catch up with um, time. And so we struggle with that. We struggle with that. We struggle with our identity and um, figuring out who we are and those kind of things. But what if I were told you that you could really find out um, or there could be some incredible clarity when it comes to knowing, without a shadow of a doubt, your identity and what it is. I mean, that would be something that you would, I think, I know I would, right, would really like and enjoy and having purpose and having a clear identity, and then that determines what I do. And I just want to tell you that that is something that can be known. And that's what this series is all about, is identifying this identity based on the good news of Jesus Christ, and we call that the gospel. And so when you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, that you become, Scripture says, a new person, a new creation. And we need to understand, and, and um, then out of that understanding, obey and live our life as this new creation. And so we talked about right before that that so much of what we do is that we base it on what we do, our identity, how we live, what we act, how we act, what we say, is based on what we do. And as a follower of Christ, right, it's not based on what you do anymore. It's based on what God has done through Jesus Christ, his son, who came on to the earth, right, as a perfect human and lived a perfect life and then out of obedience to the Heavenly Father, um, he went to the cross, he died, right? He was buried, he rose again, and now he's seated at, in heaven with God. And because of his righteousness, because of that, it's when we say yes to him, it's imputed to us or it's given to us, right? That's how God looks at us. And then we become what we talked about the last two weeks, part of the family, we're an adopted son. We're an adopted daughter. And so here's the cool thing with that. When we begin to really dive into that and grasp that and understand that, is that no matter if I'm single, no matter if I'm single again or, or married or young or older, or I have kids or don't have kids, or I have a job or don't have a job, whatever it is, I can have clarity with my identity beyond a shadow of a doubt. And then I can begin to live my life based on what God has done for me and who he is, right? So even though in my life I am a husband, I'm a dad, I'm a pastor, you know, I've graduated high school, graduated college, and, and believe it or not, even graduated from graduate school and have a master's degree, that doesn't define 
who I am. What defines who I am is an adopted son of God. And then I begin to live my life um, for him, out of obedience for him, wherever I'm at, with whoever I'm at, and however it needs to be done. That's what I do. And let me tell you, when you begin to understand that and grasp that and live that out in your life, it's just an incredible, incredible freeing feeling. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is right in your life, there is freedom. And when you live from freedom, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so the past two weeks, we've looked at this gospel identity of family. What does it mean to live as an adopted son, adopted daughter? And we looked at two things. We looked at that we are to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, right? That we are to love God and think of him and act like he is our father, Abba, father, our dad. I mean, what does that look like? How does that play out in our life? And then to truly understand that you are an adopted son and there's this incredible inheritance and you have all the rights and privileges of being an adopted son of the Heavenly Father. And then from that, right, we love each other. We love each other as brothers and sisters. Today, though, we're going to talk about um, that second identity. So the first was family, and the second one that we're going to talk about is this idea that we are missionaries. Now, I'm guessing that when you think of this term missionary, I mean, what comes to mind? I mean, what comes to mind? Just turn to somebody to your left or your right. And I just want you to, without even really thinking, when, when you hear the word missionary, what comes to mind? And just say that to that person. Just what comes to mind? Go ahead. <laughs> You're so quiet. Right? What, what comes to mind when you think of the word missionary? For me, growing up, a missionary was someone who um, would come and who would ask for money to be supported. They would go overseas and then they would live overseas and, and tell others about Jesus, and then they would come back occasionally. And um, whenever it was, and I'm sorry if anyone's a missionary here, but whenever someone would come back and as a little guy we would go, a missionary speaking, and go, oh, no. Because they would throw out the slides, and it would just be, that oh, was just so boring. And that's what, to me, right, a missionary was. And then um, if you're a millennial or a little younger, you're just kind of going, huh? <laughs> Sorry, that's a hashtag millennial joke. But, um, right, that, they, don't, they don't really know what a missionary is. And so we need to go through and, and define what that is if we're going to use it as part of our identity. Looking from the dictionary, you know, one of the, the um, definitions for the word missionary is this, and I like it a ton, is that it's a person who is sent on a mission. I mean, I like that. Just as the church is the family of God, the church is also the missionary people of God. I mean, if you're a follower of Christ, right, you are a missionary, you are someone who is being sent by God. And in all of that, um, I'm behind on my slides, right, all of that is a person who has been sent on a mission. And your mission, right, is this. I'm way behind on my slides. The mission, then, is to show, right, and to share the good news of Jesus. We see that in Mark 1.15, and we see that in Matthew 28, right, 18.20, that, that great commission passage where it says that we're to go 
and we're to be obedient, and we're supposed to share, and we're supposed to make disciples who then make disciples. So that, that's our mission, right? And we understand that God is on, is on mission. He's on mission, right? Because from the beginning of time, when, when mankind rebelled against God, and they started living for themselves, right? And, and it was all for their glory and not for God's glory. I mean, everything then we've learned and we've experienced that it was damaged. Our relationships with each other, our relationship with God, and even our relationship with ourself is damaged. But God set a plan in motion, right? To heal and to restore this relationship between humanity and himself. And he did it right through his Savior, or through his Son, Jesus Christ, who then became our Savior. And he reveals this plan right from the very first book of the Bible. And then he paint, paints this uh, beautiful picture of this completed plan right in the last book of the Bible called Revelation. And so when we say yes to Jesus, then if God is on a mission, then it would stand to reason that God's people are also on the mission. And the mission is right, right to show others the good news of Jesus Christ by serving and by also sharing with him verbally this good news. It's interesting to me that um, we struggle with this because I think of things in my life that I'm passionate about. And, and one of them is Apple products. And so an iPhone or an iPad or a MacBook, it doesn't matter when, and I've really restrained myself from getting the new one, but when something new comes out, I really want to go get it. And I didn't have to go to a class, right, to, to sit and listen, right? This is how you um, share with people about your passion for Apple. And you do this step, and then you do this step. And I didn't have to go to a class, right? Because if you were to come up to me and the, the subject would be whether it's the Android or the Apple platform, I would very happily, and if you had time, I would share with you why I'm so passionate about this particular platform and these products, right? I just do it naturally. And so if I do it in that realm, whether it be that or whether it be whatever you're passionate about, golf or sports or, you know, whatever it is, you just do it naturally because you're very passionate about it. And the same should be, if not even more so, this relationship thing that we have with Jesus Christ and sharing about you, what God has done through Jesus in your life and what you want that to happen with other people, especially with your family, especially with your friends. We don't need a class. We just need to share with what's already there naturally. So then who's on, um, well, there's Mark 1.15. The time has come, he said, that the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. That's our mission. And then who, who is on mission is these adopted sons and daughters, which are you and I placed our faith in Jesus Christ. So God's people, right, are missionaries. You and I are, um, and it's not just the ones, this is interesting because I've read an article that talked about that, that not everyone is a missionary, and I would disagree with that. We're not missionaries in the sense of that we go off to a foreign country, but we are missionaries because we're being sent on a mission um, to wherever 
God has us. Your workplace, your neighborhood, in your family, it doesn't matter where you're at, but you are sent on a mission in that space. Right? Then we stand to reason that all Christians are missionaries where they reside. And so in that, we then follow the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit, as we live our life in obedience to him, showing the good news of Jesus and also sharing the good news of Jesus when the opportunity arises. Listen to this um, quote, or not listen, yeah, listen and you can read along. Um, It says, but you simply cannot be a disciple without being a missionary. I sent one. For way too long, discipleship has been limited to issues relating to our own personal morality and worked out in the context of the four walls of the church with its privatized religion. In doing this, we have severely neglected our biblical mandate to go and make disciples. The fact is that you can't be a disciple without being a missionary. No mission, no discipleship. It's as simple as that. But then we should ask the question, right, how? I mean, how do I follow the Spirit's leading? I mean, how do I share and how do I show the good news of Jesus in my life? And that's just a great, great question. And so God doesn't leave us, right, without the mission gear. Just like um, Ethan Hunt with Mission Impossible, if you watch those movies, you will see every time, right, that he always gets this cool gear that he gets to, to use as he goes out on the mission, right? And so it stands to, to reason that if, that if we're on mission with God and he has given us this mission and, and we're to do that, then there should be some kind of awesome gear that we get to use, right, to accomplish this. And that's just what he's done, right? And the first thing is this, right? It's the Bible. I mean, that's the, the thing that he's given to us, right, as part of our gear to accomplish this mission on this planet. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17 talks about that. All scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, and for training up. And, that, and when we begin to understand that, we begin to dive into it, that it's going to right, thoroughly equip every son, every daughter that's in the family. We begin to understand that his will is revealed in the Bible. And it was written by people who were then inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it gives us everything that, that we need to know, right, to honor God, to love God, and to um, live out in obedience to him and to love others. I want you to think about this. How many of you know what a compass is? I can't see everybody, but yeah? A compass, right, north, south, I don't know east and where the east and west is but in this building but right north south east and west that's what a compass does right and the bible is a lot like a compass in the sense like this if you're lost in a forest or in a mountain range whatever it is um, and home is north what's a compass going to do right a compass is going to point you in the direction of home if it's north it's not going to give you step-by-step instructions right that you need to turn left at the large oak tree. It's not going to do that, but what it's going to do is it's going to give you, with, because of how a compass works, it's going to point to north, and then you just keep following that, right? Um, and if the Bible is a lot like that, in the sense of if I am 
faithfully following God's will, as it's revealed in the Bible, right, then we're going to honor him with our lives. And that's what we need to do. And so we need to go back to the basics, right? And so here's the basics of understanding the gear that God has given us, and that is the Bible, is that we need to have a growing understanding of God's character and God's will um, through daily time in the Bible. You're not going to know his character. You're not going to know his will if you're not in right, the manuscript, the manual that he's given us to live our life. And so that's the basic thing that we need to do. We need to also have a growing relationship with God right, through daily time in prayer. As I'm reading, you're praying. We need to begin to have a growing obedience to God's will so that we do not grieve the Spirit and our prayers are not, are not hindered. And so we need to um, be obedient to what he says in his word and to our times of prayer. And then the last thing is to have a growing discernment of God's voice right through listening and through testing what we hear through the scriptures and also through the family that God has put us in. And then we obey from there. I want us to look at um, when you, this is a, a few quick things, when, when we study God's word, when we are um, opening up his scriptures, um, there's four, four things that I want us to, I want you and myself to think through when we read God's word. And, and these are um, going back to, you're going to hear a lot of this from me, but these are good, a good uh, uh, framework or filter for you as you read God's word, is to think through these four questions. A lot of times when we read God's word, we immediately jump to, all right, what do we need to do? And we bypass these first three questions. And I want us to think of them as very linear in the sense of that when I come to God's word and I'm reading a particular passage, this question is, who is God in this passage, right? What does the text say about his character about the nature of who God is, right? Because the Bible is all about God's story, right? Through the Father, through the Son, and through the Holy Spirit. And so we begin to ask questions about his character. We begin to ask questions about his nature, about what's being revealed in that particular passage about who God is. Because honestly, right, the story is all about him. It's not about us. It's not about you. It's all about God. And so we need to begin to look for Specific references, right, to his attributes, his holiness, the fact that he's eternal, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, unchanging, compassionate, gracious, patient, loving, kind, good, gentle, all these things. What does that passage say about who God is and his attributes? And in these narrative portions, begin to look for implied references to his character. So what does the story say about his character and the nature as father as Son, and as a Spirit. The second thing is, what has God done? What does the text say about the work of God, right? Um, God's work throughout all of humanity or human history is, is very diverse, and it's uh, very, and it's just incredible. It's beautiful. It's magnificent. magnificent. I can't even say that word. It's that magnificent thing, word. That's right. <laughs> Thank you for loving me. <laughs> right, because all of it, is worth proclaiming. And, um, but however, this person and the work of Jesus is revealed on every page of the Bible. And so he is the hero, right? Jesus is the hero, and he's the main character in the story. And so the Spirit 
When, when, when we engage with the Holy Spirit in reading, he doesn't want us to miss Jesus in this passage. So who is God? And then what has God done? Um, and then the third thing is, who are we in light of that? And so it's a progression. Who is God? His attributes. What has God done? What does this passage reveal about what has God done, right? And then now, who are we in light of that? Well, what does the text say about our identity as a son, as a daughter? I mean, all, God has always been about right, wanting to save a people to his own possession, Scripture says in 1 Peter 2.9. And throughout the Bible, right, we begin to note things that are true of God's people, about how they should act, about who they are, and that kind of thing. And then it begins to add depth, right, to our understanding of who we are as these adopted sons, as these adopted daughters. Case in point, in the Old Testament, you know, there used to be the priesthood and then the people, and the priesthood, the high priest, would be the mediator between God and man. And when Jesus Christ came and that, um, and when he died and was buried and rose again, that was obliterated. And now we have this unique 24-7 relationship between God, and, and we don't need, right, the priests. And so we begin to, Scripture says that we are the priesthood of all believers. Every one of us, right, is someone who has this access to God 24-7, and we begin to live out our life in that way. And we're then set apart, right, for the special service of God. That it's not just about the pastor up here. It's not just about Pastor Travis either, because him and I cannot do everything. Um, and God knew that. And so he says, I want everyone to be involved. I've given each one a, a gift, and I want you to use your abilities, and I want you to use your passion to, to come together because when Scripture says when one part suffers, the whole body suffers. And so he has in his sovereignty, and because he's all-knowing, he puts these pieces together, which is why I just love the, the volunteer culture here at Finding Life Church. And I was just with our Kids Life team this morning at, at 9 o'clock, and it's just, just a beautiful thing to see them just not complain and, and serve and work, and we need that. And we need all of us to understand that. And then, and then that moves us to this last part, then, then what do we do? I mean, how do we live? Right? In light of all this, of who God is and what he has done, and then who we are, right? If God is Father, he's adopted us, right? And our, he's, we're a family. Our, he's adopted us, and then we are a family. We're adopted son. Then how do I live? What do I do? And that's just what we need to begin to then from those three things, then we move to that question. What does this passage say about then how do I live? And when you begin to do that, when you begin to do that, it opens up the Bible in a way that I believe um, if it's just all about what I am to do and what I'm getting from that. You miss out on the richness and the beauty. And I believe that you shortchange this relationship about with your heavenly father. And it becomes more about God and this idea of uh, a father, Abba, Daddy. Um, I don't think we ever get there if it's just reading the Bible and we just land in this last category. So if we're truly adopted son and we're truly adopted daughter, um, 
then I think we need to begin to read Scripture with these four questions in mind so that our richness of our relationship with God is deeper and better. Scripture says that um, we're given a helper. In John 16, 13, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. And so God wants a relationship with you. We've established that. He wants to be have an intimate relationship with you, but he's not only father, he's not only a father who loves you, he's also the Holy Spirit, right? He's going to guide you. He's not just leaving you on your own. And so this mission gear again, we have the Bible, but we also have the Holy Spirit. We have God that's going to live inside of us, and the Holy Spirit's going to guide us into what this mission is all about. And so if we think about the Bible as a compass, I want you to think about that. Or if the Bible is like a compass and the Holy Spirit is more like a GPS, right? We understand that in a GPS on your phone or whatever it might be, that that gives you specific instructions about where to go, left or right, and that kind of thing, right? And so the Holy Spirit is more like a GPS in our life. So it just doesn't tell you, the GPS, right, doesn't tell you um, um, only, just shows you where north is. It gives you detailed instructions. And so... Um, the Holy Spirit is a lot like that. Now, I'm sure your mind is going, wait a minute. I mean, can God really lead us that specifically? And I think that he can. I mean, God can lead us that specifically. Two examples, right? Or for example, if you have two opportunities to serve um, and they present themselves to you, right? And they're both good opportunities and, and both would honor God and, and both would enable you to use your spiritual gifts to bless others, and so you've been presented with two opportunities, and, and the Bible then affirms both, so there's not one that's better over the other. The Holy Spirit can then help you to know which one that God would want you to go to, your calling in essence, and then which one he wants you to say yes to, and then which one you are to say no to. Now, does God always lead you that specifically? No, I don't think he does, because there's sometimes that God simply wants you to obey his written word, and he's not going to tell you what the next steps might be. What he wants to understand from you is, are you willing to take that first step without knowing what's on the other side? And that's being obedient to him. So I think it's both things in our life. But we need to begin to right, do the basics and, and really engage in our time with God before we can begin to understand and listen and hear the Holy Spirit. It's just like, um, so what you're going to understand about me is that you're going to know that I'm entering a room because I have this annoying cough that happens. And it's amazing to me in the, in the office back where I previously worked is that, oh, I could hear them say, oh, Kevin's coming, and I... I mean, it's, I'm eons, I'm not eons, I'm, I'm a ways away, but I'm always, I have this irritating, annoying cough, and, and you know that I'm coming, and they just recognize me, right, my wife can recognize anywhere if I'm coughing in a, in a crowded room, and she'll go, oh, Kevin's here, right, how, how does that happen? It happens through time, and it happens through 
um, listening and being with that person. And it's the same way with, I believe, with God and with the Holy Spirit, is that we're just a casual relationship. It's going to be really hard for us to hear, oh, is that the Spirit telling me to do this? Or is that me telling me to do this? Or is that the world telling me to do this? Is that Satan telling me, disguising himself as an angel of light, telling me to do this? What, what is going on? And when we begin to read God's Word and we begin to dive into that and we spend time we will begin to, over time, right here and understand and recognize the Spirit's voice in our life. Because the Holy Spirit is our guide to discern God's will in our life. Jesus told his disciples, right? Let me read that verse again. When the Spirit of truth comes, he's going to guide you into all truth. He's not going to speak on his own authority He's going to do whatever he hears. That's what he's going to speak from God. And he'll declare that to you, that these are the things that are to come. And the, Holy, or the, Holy, the Apostle Paul, right, in his, in, his, um, in his books, in the Bible, he says these things to us, that as followers of Christ, as adopted sons, as adopted daughters, that we are to walk by the Spirit, right? It's very clear that we are to be led by the Spirit, that we are to keep in step with the Spirit. And he says this over and over and over again. I mean, if he says that and it becomes a recurring theme, you think that we would be obedient to that and go, all right, this is what I need to do. Whatever it is in my life, I need to get there. So the Holy Spirit is our guide. And he is the one that we need to discern our voice. Now, when we keep going in our mission, right, there's some, a few things that we can do, and just a few simple things, a simple acronym that I think will help um, as we go about our mission to accomplish it. And the first thing is this. Um, the first thing is this, is to act, ask God. This is the first A part of that acronym is to ask God. It's important that, that we begin to ask God, right, to move in the hearts of others. It's this prayer thing. I mean, Jake, for those of you who have been around Finding Life for a while, it's pray and watch, right? And, and that's what he's asking you to do. Um, and that's what this is, right, asking God. Praying for people is one of the most loving things that we can do for them because we're not in the business of changing hearts. God is. The Holy Spirit is the one who changes hearts. What we're asked to do is to be obedient in that, and what we need to do then is to pray. I mean, right, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And so we can then begin to ask God to draw, right, um, people to himself. And, and I've got ten simple things, right, temples, ten simple prayers that you can do to, to pray for the people in your life. And I'm going to ask, and I don't know if you have done this before, but I'm going to ask that there's three lines there in your handout. And it's for three people in your life. And I'm just going to ask at some point today, tomorrow, but certainly not maybe past Tuesday, but to think and pray about who is that God that you want me to pray for. Maybe you know already clearly who those three people are. But I want you to write their names down and, and, and pray simple things like this. Lord, I pray that you draw whoever that name is to yourself. Um, Lord, I pray that so-and-so hears and believes the word of God for what it really is. Lord, I pray that um, that that person seeks to know you. Um, Lord, I ask you, you, that you prevent Satan from blinding this person to the truth. Um, Holy Spirit, I ask you to convict 
so-and-so of his or her sin and need for Christ's redemption. Lord, I ask that you send someone who will share the gospel, whether it be me or someone else. Lord, I ask that you give me the opportunity, the courage, and the words to share with this person. Lord, I pray that this person turns from his or her sin and follows you. Lord, I pray that this person would put all of his or her trust in Christ. And Lord, I pray that this person will confess Christ as Lord, um, takes root and grows in faith and bears fruit for your glory. I mean, those are 10 simple prayers that you can pray every day for those three people in your life. And it's just like being passionate about whatever you're passionate about. When, when you're... When, <laughs> When your life was changed with Jesus Christ, right, that's just a radical thing. And, and, and I'm sure that moment, if you can remember back to it, you were just overwhelmed with this weight being released in, in your life in Christ. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I, when, as we progress in our faith, right, sometimes that tends to wane and we tend to forget what we've been saved from. And what I want us to get back to is understanding what we've been saved from so that we can then, right, do what we need to do in obedience to that and to begin to ask God for the people that we know in our life who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, who hasn't experienced that, and we want that for them. And so we'll do all that we can to get that for them, and that part of that is to ask God. And so um, let's, let's do that, right? Tim Chester says, the future of Christianity lies not in the return to the dominance of Christendom, but small, intimate communities of light. Often they're unseen by history, but like yeast, they're what transforms neighborhoods and cities. And I firmly, firmly believe that. The next one is build relationships. Um, building relationships with others, right, is the best way to discover how you can care for them personally, right? It's in the context of relationship that we can discover some very tangible ways, right, that we can show our love for them, right, as an expression of God's love for, for me, for you. And so think about what are some simple ways that, that you can strengthen your relationship with these three people that God has put on your heart. So that's the second thing. And then the third thing is this, connect with community, Right? Experiencing Christian community is an important part of um, helping people get a clear picture of who Jesus is. When we begin to act like brothers and sisters, when we begin to act like family, and when people see that, they begin to see a clear picture of, of this relationship between God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and how this is supposed to work. And so get yourself involved with um, some kind of group, smaller group, whether it's um, with some men, if you're a male, or some female, if you're a female, or a mixed co-ed group, it doesn't matter, right? Just get yourself involved with a smaller group of people and allow that, right, to build into your life. And then the last thing is to show and share the good news of Jesus. Right? When we ask God to to draw people to himself, when we begin to build relationships, when we begin to connect with people in a life group or missional community or whatever we want to call it, right, a smaller group, um, opportunities will begin to arise in your life. I guarantee it. Opportunities will begin to arise where you're going to be able to show, right, and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And so 
Here's a great question to ask for yourself when we think about this idea of showing people uh, the good news of Jesus. Is that is really um, ask yourself, what has God done for me? What has God done for me in my life that I could do for others? I mean, to me, that's a great question. What has God done for me that I could do for others? And then the second thing is, as we begin to develop those opportunities, we begin to show the good news of Jesus, then there's time that we get to share the good news of Jesus, right? Verbally, about what Christ has done in our life. And we begin to just openly share about who God is, about what he has done, about who I am, and then now what do I do? Um, Jeff Vanderstelt says this. He says, being missional does not mean that we go on a mission trip right, for a week in another country, while that certainly might be something that we do. But we are the missionary people of God, sent by God for his purposes every single second of our lives. And so here's the question. If nothing else, and sorry, I'm going a little longer today, but if nothing else, this is the question that I want you to walk away with. And and I'm praying, and this may sound cruel on my part, but I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will just... um, won't let that go out of your brain today, this whole week, that you'll just be going, oh, man, Kevin, why'd you do that? But this question is here, right? How would your perspective on your neighborhood, where you live, and your workplace change if you fully embrace the truth that you are God's sent person in these places? I mean, think about it. How would your perspective change? What would you do differently? Because I'm firmly, compl- firmly convinced that that is something that we don't think a lot about. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today. I got to thank you for this church and for those that you have called to be here today, God. And I pray that we will use this truth, Father, to help us um, an understanding of who you are God, what you've done, and then who we are in light of that. God, that you're the Spirit, and you've sent us. And because of that, God, we've been sent on a mission, and we're missionaries. And then what we do with that, God, is that we just show and share this good news of what you've done for us, Father, to other people. So help us in that. Help us to be obedient, Father. Help us to have a right perspective Um, when I go to work, when I wake up, when I see my neighbor and my family members, whatever it might be, Father, help us to have that right perspective and give us the courage and give us the strength and help us to be obedient, to be your sent ones on mission wherever we're at. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.